Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and, well, you know, I was away last week. Uh, took some time off, went out to see some family, and, uh, yeah, a couple episodes of Doom Patrol have passed by. So, guess what? You are getting a bonus episode today. I'm going to discuss not one, but two. The last two episodes of Doom Patrol. Of course, episode 10, entitled Hair Patrol, followed by episode 11, Francis Patrol. So, as always, these this will be a spoiler-heavy look at these episodes. So, if you have not seen them, then press pause, go watch, and come on back. But let's just jump right in. So, way, way back, episode 9, episode 8, episode 9, I believe it was... Uh, you know, where we got to look into Jane's mind and everything. When Cliff and Jane kind of came back, Cliff noticed that the, uh, that the lab was in a bit of a disarray and sort of asked, uh, Rita and asked, uh, Vic, what happened here? And they were like, long story. Well, we get what happened right there. So in episode 10, Hair Patrol, we get introduced to the Beard Hunter Yes, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder to this show. But that's why we love it, right, guys? So the Beard Hunter is this very, uh, I mean, guy's a nerd, essentially. Uh, guy's clearly in his 30s, maybe even early 40s, still lives at home, still lives with Ma, uh, and just kind of sits around there. And uh, the Department of Normalcy contacts him. Now, if you remember the Department of Normalcy, uh, you know, they're going to really be coming up in these next couple episodes here. So the Department of Normalcy, if you, if you remember them, um, they pretty much, uh, they went after Danny the Street a couple episodes ago. Uh, you know, they had Larry in their possession way back when, after he sort of merged with the negative man, the negative being, whatever we want to call him. Uh, so we're kind of familiar with the Department of Normalcy, and here they are showing up again. Uh, they want Niles Calder. Uh, it seems everybody's looking for Niles Calder. The Doom Patrol's looking for Niles Calder. Now the Department of Normalcy is looking for Niles Calder. Everybody's looking for Niles Calder. So they reach out to the Beard Hunter uh, as he's pretty much shot for groceries and yeah he just eats junk food you know no big surprise there um and you're you're looking at this guy and you're like what what's so special about this guy uh we even see him suiting up um you know he's got katanas he's got throwing stars he kind of looks like he's gearing up as if he was deadpool without the costume and like zero percent body fat and fighting ability and and all that um he's a nerd he's a geek and he's suiting up and he's gonna hunt down niles calder so essentially the beard hunter what his ability is is he consumes beard hair yeah so by doing that though he pretty much kind of gets the essence of the person that he's looking for he knows everything about them where they are who they are their past their present um little unclear too but he might also kind of absorb their abilities as well how long does this last for we're not really really sure is it until he gets his target it's a little bit unclear so he while while the doom patrol pretty much this is taking place when cliff is inside of jane's mind trying to get her back so while all this is happening the beard hunter pretty much breaks into the doom mansion and he sort of sniffs out 
some old beard hair from Niles Calder uh, stuck in a drain pipe. And he 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 takes like a little uh, plumber snake and he reaches into the drain and comes out with a big old gob of hair and he, and he eats it. It's 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 just nasty. It's so nasty. Um, it's a lot for him. He he kind of goes into overload, passes out. When he wakes up, he's tied to a chair, sort of being held prisoner by Vic and Rita. Uh, but he loves it because he's now he knows everything about the chief. And he's like, Chief didn't tell you a thing, did he? You, you know, you don't know. You think you know the chief. You think he's some great guy, but he's really, really not. Uh, he's kind of taunting them. And as this is happening, uh, Cyborg, Vic, uh, he's got a little goatee little fuzz going on there well the beard hunter notices a single beard hair sort of pop loose and gently drift to the floor and he's just he's craving it he wants it so when he's left alone he topples the chair over and pretty much sucks up that one lone hair so he now pretty much knows everything about cyborg and um it's not so much that he has the power of Cyborg, but it's like when Cyborg goes to fight him, Cyborg's trying to hit him and punch him, and, you know, the Beard Hunter is just ducking. And he pretty much says, he's like, I'm in your head, man. Like, I I, I know everything. So it's sort of like he anticipates Cyborg's moves and he's able to sort of counteract it. It's then kind of implied that he actually sort of takes over the operating system uh, because he gets, once again, he gets Vic's uh, arm cannon to sort of charge up and, and, and about to fire until, uh, you know, Vic sort of activates an emergency protocol and pretty much shuts himself down. Uh, Beard Hunter escapes and he goes out looking for Niles Calder now. All of this is intercut with a backstory, a backstory on Niles Calder where we find out that Niles Calder, Niles Calder has been around for a long time. Uh, The year is 1913, 14, perhaps. It's pretty much just before World War I is going to break out. Uh, Niles Calder works for the Department of Abnormalities, where they pretty much, they go around and they look for abnormal things to collect and study and learn about. Um, and he's he's out in the wilderness, the European wilderness. We're not really quite sure where he is. Uh, he does have a guide with him, a tracker with him, and it seems like they're they're on the trail of something. Uh, perhaps you know it's, it's some kind of fantastical beast that they're after, and. You know, his guide is kind of telling him, like, you know, you got to gear up here. This is the wild. Whatever's out there is going to kill you. It killed some Turkish explorers not too long ago. And Niles says, no, no, we're scientists. We're explorers, this and that. And uh, while they're out there camping in the wilderness here, uh, a pack of wolves descends upon them, uh, attacks the guide that works with Niles. And the guy pretty much tells him to run. Niles runs. He's cornered by the wolves when we see this beast come out. It's a gigantic beast. It looks like a wolf on two legs with giant antlers. Uh, Niles is saved. Niles, next thing he knows, he's, he's in a cave. And he's sort of being held hostage by a woman. Uh, she seems to be very, very primitive. Uh, Neanderthal, perhaps, she looks. Uh, she does have a beard. She is a very hairy woman. And, you know, Niles is trying to communicate with her. He he finds her absolutely fascinating. Um, 
And really what happens is, is, you know, he starts to study her. She lets him go. He starts to study her, learn about her. Um, There is a part where he falls through some thin ice. She does rescue him. He becomes very, very sick. Uh, In turn, she also becomes sick as well. They end up nursing each other back to health and they fall in love. And Niles discovers that this woman... Uh, she's pretty much been around. It almost looks like from the dawn of time. And she's almost sort of like a spiritual type being. Um, we see, you know, some of the hunters that I guess she has hunted down, you know, people that have come after her. Uh, you know, Niles is kind of saying, you know, these are men. They deserve a proper burial, this and that. And and she does. She takes them out there. She burns them on a funeral pyre. And that, that beast that we saw earlier, the sort of eight foot tall wolf man with deer antlers kind of comes out as well. And it, 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 it kind of, it's almost like she's a spiritual, like a spiritual, it's, it's really hard to explain. It's, it's, it's almost sort of like she's the spirit of, of survival, I guess is the best way because Niles begins to learn how to survive. And a few years later, uh, the guide who he thought was dead comes back, who now works for the, Department of Normalcy because World War One is happening and the department or the US government or the Department of Normal of Abnormality decided that, you know what, instead of looking for these fantastic and wonderful creatures and beings and studying them, we need to wipe them out. We need to restore normalcy. You know, the world is in utter chaos here. It's the war to end all wars. Uh, normalcy is the way to go. And we are going to stamp out all that which is abnormal. Um, Niles, of course, does not like this because basically this guide has come back. He's tracked the woman down. Uh, he demands that Niles take uh, him to her cave because he's going to kill her. Niles can't let that happen. He leads him out pretty much onto that same frozen lake where he fell through and the guide falls through the thin ice. Uh, Niles tosses his journal inside after it and pretty much returns back to civilization. He goes back to the department of now normalcy to pretty much report that, you know, there was no mythical creature out there. Uh, You know, he was attacked by uh, he was attacked by wolves. Uh, somehow he miraculously survived and, you know, he just basically learned how to survive. And you're kind of wondering now, being in contact with this woman, with this bearded, hairy woman uh, who taught him how to survive, but also was sort of, like I said, the essence of survival. Did that rub off onto Niles? Is that why he's lived this long and survived this long? Not only because he knows how to survive, but like this spirit of survival of staying alive has kind of been embedded in him. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, what we get in the end here though, is Vic shuts himself down, um, or shuts down his operating system. He's not sure what's going on. He's not sure why he doesn't have control. Um, he doesn't want to call his father because he's worried that his father is just going to instate more control over him. He's really, he's really in a bind. He's really, really confused. So we'll see what's going to happen with him coming up. Uh, as a little bit of an epilogue, we see the beard hunter is kind of tracking Niles down. He's following the essence of the beard. Uh, he comes to what looks to be a very bizarre place. It's a set of staircases. He makes his way all the way down. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, maybe this is kind of the area where uh, Mr. Nobody is is keeping Niles. And that's the thing is... The flashback that we had of Niles uh, discovering this this primitive woman and living with her and then pretty much killing anybody that tried to find her, 
that was a flashback caused by Mr. Nobody because Mr. Nobody wants to know who that woman is. It, it, it's the key to something. He wants it very, very badly, but Niles will not tell him. Niles is, is keeping, he's taking that secret to the grave with him. But like I said, the beard hunter seems to track down Niles, but what it is, it's a Niles doll sitting in a wheelchair with Niles's, I guess, hair and beard upon it, you know, shavings and clippings and whatnot. Um, and that beast that we saw, that giant wolf-like thing with the antlers is there guarding it, and we're left to assume that the beard hunter, um, well, his 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 beard hunting days have come to an end. Um, we then jump to episode 11, Francis Patrol, where we now get to take a look at what sort of happened, uh, you know, because don't forget when Cliff was inside Jane's mind, uh, that was all sort of instigated by the negative being that lives inside of Larry. So we know that as the negative being leaves Larry, Larry kind of goes into these daydreams or visions or or like a dream world almost that the negative being kind of sets up for him. And he's meeting up with his, his lover, John. Um, it's not a memory that Larry remembers. They're at a motel. They're together. They declare their love for each other. Or I should say... Larry declares his love for John. John's about to do the same when he wakes up. The negative being goes back inside of him. And, you know, Larry's like, no, it's not fair. Take me back. Take me back. And he he starts to, you know, he and the negative being are starting to actually kind of develop a relationship together. You know, he, instead of demanding or, or, or throwing a fit about it, you know, he, he talks. He talks to the being inside of him and says, you know, please, please take me back there. You know, just do this one thing for me. You know, I, I want to have something good happen. So they go back, but they don't go back to that same scenario. It's a club. Larry comes in and it looks like it's about the same time period, you know, late fifties, early sixties. Uh, John is there with some other guys and you know, you, you get the impression after a while that it's, it's a gay club and they're there. And Larry's just like, you know, come on, you know, take me back to that motel room. And, 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 you know, I want to, I want to be with John and, you know, he's telling John that he wants to be with him. And John's like, you know what? You, you've never changed Larry. You know, you say you love me, but you never left your wife. You never told your wife about me. It's always about hiding. He's like, look, we could be out in the open. You know, people are more accepting now. He's like, he's talking about this club near Erie, Pennsylvania. He's like, you know, it's, it's, it's getting more accepted out there. He's like, you know, here we are, we're in a club, you know, I'm enjoying being with you. You're enjoying being with me, but you just want to get away and have it private. You know, you just don't want people knowing about you. And, you know, the vision pretty much ends, but you know, Larry's sort of like, why? Like, why wasn't I taken back to that motel? What's going on here? And while he was sort of out, the negative being basically wrote in his room, Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. So that and something that John said in the vision where John sort of said, like, I don't want to spend my remaining days like this. (sighs) Larry decides it's time. He's got to go and find John. While this is happening, though, because, you know, it's not just one thing that happens in these episodes. There's always, like, a, an A plot and a B plot. The B plot pretty much is, uh, you know, 
Cliff sees on the news that Bump, his former mechanic uh, who basically adopted his daughter after he died, well, he's died. He was trying to hunt down an alligator named, you guessed it, Francis. That's where we get the name of the uh, episode here, Francis Patrol. And a memorial service is going to be held uh, down in Clearwater, Florida at a, at a bar that Bump owned. And Cliff is like, well, this is my chance. You know, Clara's going to be there, his daughter. And, you know, he really, really wants to go. And, and Rita's actually saying, you know, you probably should go down there. They, they're flit, basically, the one of the personalities inside of uh, Jane does take them down there she pretty much deposits them there and it's great because in this episode in francis patrol we sort of get larry looking back on his past and you know and and the regrets that he had that he really did love john but yeah you know like john said he he couldn't not that he couldn't be true to john it's just he couldn't live as free as as john would have liked john john would have been with him to the end of days you know john loved him and would have taken Larry in any way, shape, or form, and just wanted Larry to do the same. But Larry, you know, was just so scared and, and protective of that image that he just he he couldn't commit to it. Um, and we get here, you know, with Cliff and his daughter, you know, that regret too that he was never a good father to Clara. He wasn't a good husband. Um, and he's like, now this is my chance. This is my chance to talk to her and tell her. So they go down there. They go down to the funeral, the funeral services or the memorial at Bump's uh, bar that he owns. And what we get here is really, really interesting is, you know, Rita goes along with him and is sort of like, you know, find her, talk to her. You know, Cliff Cliff is like, no, 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 I have to do something amazing. Uh, you know, she's like, just, just talk to her. Tell her how you feel. We learn Rita's real name here because she's at the bar and one of the patrons starts to flirt with her a little bit and buys her some beer and some chicken wings. And she gives the name Gertie Crump, Gertrude Crump, but they used to call me Gertie. Uh, You know, Cliff later asks her, he's like, what's up with that? And she's like, you know what? That is my real name. I am Gertrude Crump. You know, I've decided to leave Rita Farr behind. Rita Farr was totally fake. I'm going to live my life, you know, as a who I really am. And she's starting to embrace it. You know, I'm sure people are still going to call her Rita. They've known her Rita as Rita forever. But we now know that her real name is Gertrude, a.k.a. Gertie. So Cliff is down there. Uh, Clara makes a speech about Bump and, and what a great guy he was and how, you know, how he, he didn't have to do what he did. He didn't have to take her in. He didn't have to really raise her or be a dad to her. And, you know, she says that she knows that, you know, he still wanted to live life and he still could have lived life and everything. But he kind of put all that aside to to be a dad to her. And she's... She really, you know, she misses him and, you know, why he went after that giant alligator, she'll never know. And she kind of regrets because um, she had a watch. One of the things that she inherited from Cliff, you know, after he died, and it was one of Cliff's watches, he he talks about how he won it in a race. Well, she took it, she got it engraved for, for Bump, and she gave it to him, and she's like, you know, now I don't even have that because it's in the belly of Francis. Well, that's what Cliff decides. Cliff's like, I'm not going to talk to her. No, no, no I'm going to do a noble gesture. I'm going to hunt this alligator down, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to find it, and I'm going to, to get the watch. But on this sort of journey to find Francis, uh, he realizes that, yeah, you know, maybe just 
just being there and just just talking with her is probably the best thing um you know he tells rita that's probably the best thing to do rita should head on back to the bar he'll be there in a minute but what happens is as he's about to go francis attacks but you know you don't mess with a robot man because what we get later on is cliff comes in with the watch he sees clara and he figures like this is it this is his big grand gesture he'll he'll give her the watch back it'll be a great opening he'll be her hero and this and that but then he realizes that you know what she had a hero she had a hero in bump bump was the dad that he never could be and you know what for cliff cliff is like that's good enough and he leaves the watch behind for clara to find and that's kind of what we get at the end is is larry heads out to erie pennsylvania and he finds john john is now an old man he's dying of well they don't really say what it is cancer old age whatever it is and it turns out that the visions or the memories or the dreams that uh larry was having with john the ones that never existed um, John was there. That was John's spirit or memory or mind or whatever it was. And, you know, they kind of realize it together. And, and Larry tells him, Larry's like, you know what? You were right. You know, I never should have sent you away those years ago. And, and, and I do love you. And, and, you know, John's like, you know, it's okay. It's okay, Larry. You know, he forgives him. He tells him that he loves him, and he's like, come on, tell me about your life and, you know, what you've been doing, and uh, he starts to tell him, and John passes away right there, and Larry kind of tucks him in and wishes him well and, and, and moves on. Guess what, guys? There was a C-plot to this one as well. So if you remember, way back when, when uh, Larry and Vic went to Danny the Street, uh, they did ask Danny the street uh, for help in finding finding Niles. Danny said that they couldn't do that because going after Niles meant tangling with Mr. Nobody, which meant putting the, the, the Dannysons, the citizens that reside within Danny the street, putting them at risk. He couldn't do it. But uh, Danny did give them a comic book as a clue. And Rita was the one who saw that, you know, hey, there was an ad here that used to have a hunky guy in it. And the hunky guy is gone. Well, they figure out that that hunky guy in that ad is Flex Mentallo, who, if you do read the Doom Patrol, he is a member of the Doom Patrol, Flex Mentallo. So uh, Jane and Vic decide that they're going to go look for Flex Mentallo. It's really more Jane, because Jane is like, you know what, I kind of sort of made peace with all these beings that live inside of me, but here's the thing, I, I got to put that on hold right now. We got to find the chief. We got to bring the chief home, and this is a clue. So she actually tracks down Flex Mentallo's wife, um, and they arrange a meeting. So when they go to, when they show up, they're actually ambushed by the department of normalcy. Uh, Jane is able to fight off the ones that are trying to get her, but Victor is captured and we see that Victor is being held prisoner by the department of normalcy. Um, we got to wait and see what happens in the next episode kids. But, uh, you know, the show's beginning to head towards it's 15 episodes long uh we just finished the 11th episode with francis patrol so we have 12 13 14 15 we got those episodes left it's be really interesting to see where they go because they have to tangle with mr nobody they gotta find the chief and they got the department of normalcy to worry about great great show can't wait to see can't wait to see where it goes and uh hey 
Tune in next time uh, when we discuss the next episode, and should be a great time. Guys, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening to not one but two episodes of the Doom Patrol. I really appreciate it. Do me a favor. Head on over to www.brothersinarmchairs.com. Of course, that is all one word. That's going to link you up to every single podcast in the Brothers in Armchairs network. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.